Puddles in the morning, puddles in the evening, puddles in the afternoon. Well, I'm a puddle boy and she's a puddle girl. The Puddles Podcast is starting real soon. Welcome to Puddles with Andrew Collin, a.k.a. Puddle Boy, a.k.a. Dry Dick, a.k.a. Poop Hands, a.k.a. ATC, a.k.a. Uh, Tickle Cock, a.k.a. Uh, mice, a.k.a. Garbage Face, a.k.a. a.k.a. Thanks for listening. I have a great new guest. Um, first time we've really hung out for actually an extended period of time. We've met, I think, twice. He's a great comic. He is an ex-Barstool employee, and uh, and he's got a big cock. Big ladies one. Ladies and gentlemen, Francis Ellis, ladies hey, and gentlemen. thanks, Andrew. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for bringing your cock in here. I brought it. <laughs> you Pack- probably do have a big cock. You're a tall man. Packed it away. I did. Um, it's pretty good. It's People like it. Yeah? It's in proportion with my, my frame. That's if good. If it weren't, that would be a problem. I think a tall guys have that's a problem. I I played lacrosse in college, and we used to shower a lot, mm-hmm. practices, after conditioning games, all that stuff. And there were some big guys on the team who had really small cocks. Now, was it proportionally small? Because I played, I played lax too, and I shower a lot. Seven footer on our basketball team, not a small dick, but on a seven foot body, looks dis- no very small. I'm talking small penis. Even on a small man, and yet the man was huge, and so it really looked as if someone had cut and pasted a small man cock on a big man, and it didn't. And where where did his the big man cock go? Was that on the small man? But you know what? That's probably why he was great at lacrosse. He probably worked harder. I mean, if you're he a big man, good. He, he wasn't, wasn't that, that good. He wasn't that good. He tore his ACL. God, if you're tall, though, and like athletic and lean, and then you have a little ass dick, that's got to really fuck with your head. Because you know the, the reveal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and also girls talk about it. A lot. They really do. They're not nice. No. They're not nice about it. Um, For what they say that how... how uh, how judgmental guys are with looks and shallow. I've heard, I have a lot of girlfriends. I, every time they hook up, the first conversation is how big the dick is. Yeah. They talk about it on podcasts. They talk about it on their group chats and they're relentless. <laughs> Growing up, I never thought like these, that like my college girlfriend was talking to me. It's like, oh no, she's not talking about my dick size. I know. I mean, they're women. They won't talk about stuff like you, that. And you then you learn later. Respect that, for them. <laughs> You have too much respect for them. You think that they're talking of high-minded things and feminism and the ways to move forward. No, wrong. We're talking about appendages. And how bad your balls smell. Yeah. You know what I realized that in college? I was like, my girlfriend never blew me in college. And then I was like, oh, I probably just smelled like shit. You know what I mean? You ever like realize, you look back, you're like, why didn't this happen? It's like, oh, it was my fault. Yeah. You ever, you know, the taint cheese is not a great uh, appetizer. It's how like, do you? It's like bad foie gras. Yeah. Do you feel uh, when you shower, when you would shower with the lacrosse team, mm. the older you get, the less uh, insecure you would get about being naked with other men? I always found I played, you know, high school sports. I found it. I was very insecure about getting taking my I would shower with my boxers on. You were one of those guys. Yeah. Wow. That's not a, I know. That's see how you look down on me just then. I felt that. I felt that judgment, and I felt it in high school. I mean, showering with your boxers on is preposterous. <laughs> Why, <move>. though? <laughs> it's as if you're just saying, like, I was molested once, and I'm I'm not recovered yet, so I have to wear this shield. <laughs> 
And then you know what the worst part is? Then I have to have wet boxers. Yeah. And then I got to bring them home. What are you doing? <laughs> How many pairs of soaked boxers are you bringing home that are turning the edges of your textbooks all fucking wet and soggy? You, what do you put in a separate compartment you put in a ziploc bag i'm trying to remember what i did all i know is that every kid would go oh fucking colin won't show his dick what are you what are you a fag you won't show your dick and i'd mm. be like uh you want to see my dick like who's gayer like yeah. you know what i mean like right oh you won't even blow me Dude, colin the, <laughs> like, the gayer thing we i remember see in high school i was when i was on the freshman was a freshman and i made the freshman basketball team uh they that that was the group they did that there were people would bring bathing suits to shower in <laughs> bathing suits why they would change into something to shower in i love picturing nine guys in bathing suits and you're the only one naked oh, like I, that would be. i remember i was like wow i'm not i'm not wearing a bathing suit but if no one else is naked i'm not going to be the only one so i just skipped the whole shower but uh, fuck! I had a train of thought. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no you it's skipped, all right. You skipped the shower. So oh, you, how oh, long was the, the drive? hockey team? Okay, the hockey team. I knew because I had friends on the hockey team in high school. They had guys on their team. I remember my buddy told me once. He was like, "Yeah, that guy's got a pretty big dick. He talks about it all the time, but he kind of cheats. You know, he works it up before the shower." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, he works it up." I was like, what do you mean he works it up? He's like, yeah, some of the guys, they'll like tug on it and fill it a little bit before they come shower so that guys think that they have bigger dicks. Imagine that. That that would go so wrong for me in high school. If I gave it a couple tugs, I'm walking to that shower, the full boner, and everyone's yeah, like, no, saying. too far, too far. There's such a too far. <laughs> too far is way worse than the smallest dick in the place. If you're, yeah. It's like what I would do is I would come in the shower, and that would mean that I'm not gay and my dick would look good. That's what I would do. I'd full on come, and then I'd blow Steve, and it would, my friends would piss on on each other's heads. Did they do that? That's they piss amazing. all over each other. That's disgusting. They I piss. saw that in France once. In France? Yeah. Were you in a, when, what? When I was in a young boy, sixth or seventh grade, I would go over to the soccer camp in Bordeaux. <laughs> and uh, after that Sounds was like the, a Wes Anderson movie. That was the first experience I had actually showering where everyone was naked. And those French kids, man, they were they were really adjusted to it. Really? I mean, they were very sexually Because they were Speedos as kids. Like they, yeah, like they, they were fine. Also, being they, have long, they all have long dicks because of the extra skin. They all have tons of foreskin. So, More foreskin than most people. So you don't maybe there's a little ass dick in long, that long foreskin. Dude, they would, be, they would pee on each other. There was, I, remember, I remember seeing that. <laughs> so you come in, like, you don't speak French. I, I did. I picked it up very quickly. I became fluent like after, after two months. But I, uh, I remember seeing that, and I remember thinking, like, if they try to piss on me... I'm going to fucking murder them. <laughs> America does not stand for being pissed on by these frogs. <laughs> they pissed on each other with their foreskin flapping everywhere. <laughs> they fucking foreskin. And you're like coming from America and you're like, I guess this is France. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I'm turning to the wall and kind of soaping myself yeah. in a way to try to hide my, my penis because I know that they're going to see it and wonder where my my turtleneck went because i'm circumcised yeah and i was the only one over there and then they're jealous of your beautiful dick and that you could see the head i don't know that they would have thought that yeah they everyone hate we hate what we don't understand that's true 
We don't like what we don't understand. In fact, it scares us. That's from the Gaston of course. March song as they're going to find the beast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all know that. Yeah. I thought it was Les Mis for a second. Nah. My only, I've seen Les Mis three times. Have you? Yeah. The movie with Hugh Jackman? No, the freaking show. I saw Ooh. it in Vancouver. I saw it in West Palm Beach. I saw it on Broadway. Yeah, maybe well, you didn't realize how who you were sitting next to. Well, I'm glad you I'm glad you saw it on Broadway finally. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think I saw it last on Broadway. These fucked oh. up t- Torco versions. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, they wear uniforms. Yeah, the JV squad <laughs> that has to go play like pop up theaters in random locations. Dude, I I I love Les Mis. I've seen fan. I've seen like a, a decent amount. What's your favorite mu- uh, song from Les Mis? Um, One Day More, probably. That's a good one. I like red, the, the color, color of the day, black, black the notes of all of That Red, the color of desire. Yeah. Black. Oh, no. I do love when... Um, Stirring. When... Cause, cause, no, I'm going to call her cassette. She was not named. Closette. Closette. <laughs> cassette. You know, like mm-hmm. the tape. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when cassette comes in. No, when when Closette comes in and she's been shot and she's the first to go over the wall mm. and she gets a little drop of rain and she's singing it, mm-hmm. I, I I tear up every time. That's sad. It is sad. It's moving. Hello. I don't feel any pain. Just mm. a little drop of rain can only hurt me now. See, I don't know that musical that well. Really? I don't know it that well. I've seen the movie. I've never seen it live, though. Oh. The show. Look at you talking shit about me only seeing it on Broadway You've late. You've seen it three times. You haven't even seen the JV feature. There's nothing better than two men talking about dicks and showers and then arguing about Les Mis. I, I know musicals really well, though. I, I'm a big musical guy. I do like musicals a lot. Yeah. I mean, so I wanted to know, your name's Francis. Mm-hmm. You're... A ginger. Mm-hmm. Now you're a, a large, strong man with strong opinions, and 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 you're. I think your view. I think it was probably was it tough being a ginger named Francis growing up, like as a, like because you don't really hear like that point of view of like. I'm sure it wasn't easy. No, but. it wasn't easy. And I went to this private school from first to eighth grade, and early on, what that meant was little bitches felt emboldened <laughs> to bully me. <laughs> I feel. I felt like you probably got bullied a lot. I got bullied all the time, and I was so much bigger than everyone else. Oh, you were a big kid. I was big and strong and fast, <laughs> and I could have beaten the shit out of all these kids. And at public school, that's what I would have done. But at private school, it was like you you should speak your mind, and you can't react with violence. And these little, I remember Ariel Ariel Ita. He was from uh, Israel. Yeah, held his pencil weird, man. How do you hold it? He like held a it club, like a yeah, yeah fuck like that a fucking, guy. Like he was a, eating out of a diner at a <laughs> like a fork that he didn't. He wanted to just stab the food. <laughs> and he, I remember, I wrote in my journal one day. Ariel holds his pe- pencil weird, and my fucking teacher read it and sat me down and told me that I couldn't do things like that. And then Ariel started making fun of me for getting in trouble for writing it. And I should have beaten him up. What were you getting bullied over, though, mostly? Uh, a lot of people thought my name was a girl's name. Yeah. I was thinking Francis, also Pee Wee Herman. Remember, that movie was mm-hmm. pretty big. The bad guy in Pee Wee was Francis. Oh, okay. Francis! Uh, Francis just has a name. It's just a name that, like, for some reason, you you don't want to like that person when you just hear just a name on its own. Yeah, but the Pope is Francis, Pope Francis. No one likes him anymore. Did, what, really? Yeah, it, it just came out. Not one person. 
Yeah, it's true. I thought he was the beacon of light. No, 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 it's bad. It's bad. Damn it. Yeah, but no. No, but so, okay, so France is a girl's name. Sorry, I cut you off. No, that's okay. What else? Uh, People would say, Francis, do you go to France? (laughs) And then I started going to France (laughs) to fulfill that prophecy. And I learned to speak it fluently because my mother was a professor of French. And I was very proud of that. We had a very Francophone family. And I remember being proud of that until I was about 25 when I realized that nobody fucking thought it was cool that I was able to speak French. <laughs> no women? You no. You never throw nobody it on cares. them? Nobody cares. Everyone's usually a Spanish major. It's easier than French to learn. That's right. You're not... I can't go to Home Depot and be like... Uh, yeah, like hiring people but, on the sidewalk in French. No. I've never had to explain what was wrong with my pipes in French. No. You need Spanish for that. Yeah, there's no... French can't help you unless you're, like, in the Hamptons and, like, you're hanging out. I don't know. I just... Where do I envision French people? In, what do in, they work? Where do they work? In finance, I feel like... They I don't, don't work. They, they don't work. They just have old money? Just 35 old hour money? work weeks, mandatory three-day vaca- uh, weekends. Horrible people, the French. <laughs> Horrible. So you got made fun of for French? Did you get made fun of for being a ginger? A little bit. That that started happening later. That started happening when I was in probably middle school. Middle school, the the whole fire crotch, carpet match, the drapes, orange balls, uh, (laughs) orangutan pubes, uh, all that stuff really started leaking out in sixth or seventh grade. I remember... This kid, Josh, Josh Kelton. I think How did his he name hold was. a pencil? Well, he called me fire crotch for the first time. Were you showering? No. I oh, just out of nowhere. He just, he just volunteered. Assumed. Yeah. And, um, I got really bummed out. I got really pissed. And, uh, later on he came up to me. He was like, what's wrong? And I was like, well, I didn't appreciate you calling me fire balls. Cause that was the first time I'd heard it. Yeah. And that made him laugh so hard because he'd never heard someone. Say, he thought. <laughs> He had said fire crotch, and I thought it was fire balls, and that made him laugh harder. But that kid, that kid ended up going to jail. Of course he did. And he is a lost cause. Why did he go to jail? At best, he's picking up trash on the side of this fucking highway. Um, I don't know. I think maybe rape. Maybe, really? Maybe, it was bad. It was something really bad. He was a really bad dude. We should have seen it coming. I saw it. You think it's karma? I hope so. I should have visited him in jail. Play chess with them. They do that. Yeah, and then showed them your dick, your fireballs. <laughs> Mashed it up against that screen, the, the glass. <laughs> Look, the carpet does match the drapes. It's kind of like your name being Francis is like, you know, the song A Boy Named Sue? You know, with Johnny. Yep. Yeah, Johnny, yeah. That's a boy named Francis. And probably made you work out harder. That's how you probably ended up playing, you know, Division One lacrosse. And I don't know, maybe it, maybe it was a blessing to be named Francis. You start to realize as you grow older and you are brilliant academically you're off your 99th percentile on the growth charts you're running <laughs> the fastest 40 yard dashes in the state you're an all-american and you're a brilliant musician you have perfect pitch you're fluent in french and you're, you have a very defined stomach you start to realize that these people are inventing ways to take you down because they don't have any of those things in their life but do you think some of those things you wouldn't have if they didn't call you that and it pushed you? Dude, all those things came pretty easily to me. <laughs> and, and then, like, my dad sold his company, and all of a sudden we had a ton of money, and I didn't have to worry about that. And it was like, you know, boy, 
How many lottery tickets do I have to win before people stop making fun of me? <laughs> now, do you feel, though, that, like, because my dad's a doctor. We That's came, not going to go over well. We might have to cut. No, no, that was great. That was great. Because I'm, I'm going to relate to you. My dad's a doctor. We have money. What kind my, of doctor? Uh, oncologist, cancer doctor. Yeah, yeah. You know, he did a lot with, uh, you know, he saved lives. And I, you know, tell dick jokes and walk dogs. So it's good. <laughs> but, you know, uh, but uh, my, my dad... Um, made decent money. My older brother makes a lot of money. My family, I come from money. I went to private school my whole life mm-hmm. since fourth grade. Uh, I was the only Jewish kid in like an all private Christian school. I've talked about that before. But when I started stand up, I was working in uh, grilled cheese at the time. And so like at a grilled cheese restaurant. Hold on. You said that like I yeah. was working in grilled yes, cheese. Yes, it's French. It's very French. As is that if, what you're going to say? As if that's the industry. <laughs> yes, yes. I don't know that anyone would say there is a grilled cheese industry. Well. But I guess maybe with Melt Boy. What's that? Cheese Melt Shop. Boy? That's Melt where shop? I work. That's my friend. Cheese Boy? <laughs> that's my friend. <laughs> my friend owns that. Maybe there are. Maybe there are as an industry. Did you work at a shop or did you like I worked you at in Melt an shop. office? I worked at the Melt Shop. I was. A manager? No, no, just a... So you had a friend who started the whole yeah. franchise and he still wouldn't hook you up? <laughs> yes, they know where to put me. It's just, I worked at, at the lobster place and I was a fishmonger. They didn't put me in... I wore a suit to the freaking interview f- to be a monger. I drove a fish <laughs> truck out of the Bronx. <laughs> I worked in real estate too. I made hundreds of thousands of dollars. I'm not... I'm, but but then I lost everything and, and no one wanted to give me an opportunity. My point being though... <laughs> All of that being said is I started stand up at 30 and I, you know, coming from money and like having, I didn't want anyone to think that I was privileged at all. So I would wear my grilled cheese costume yeah, or uniform. Dude. I guess it's called a costume. Two open mics. I would wear, I would wear worse clothes to go on stage. Yeah. I would cut myself. I'd bleed on stage and just be like, no, I'm just one of you. I'm a poor man. Because I didn't That's want them. That's too far. I mean, you, yeah. don't, you don't have to cut yourself. Well, That's... I was a cutter anyways. I thought it was a twofer. A twofer. A little bogo. You cut one, you know, get one for whatever. So, um, <laughs> fireballs. Uh, <laughs> no, but, yeah, so you would hide. It's hiding privilege because people want to automatically put you in a certain category or whatever, you know, those 15 things you listed about yourself, which were fantastic. I love that you do that. I love that you say that. At some point, because you those are the you... truth. So then you got and you come from there, and there's why why avoid that yeah. or that privilege. Well, what happened at Barstool was that it like people, the trolls, the people who hated me would say stuff like, "You're a silver spoon bitch," <laughs> you know, "You're ne- you, you you're so privileged, uh, you're never gonna make it, whatever." And I would just be like, "Man, sounds like you know your dad." didn't work hard enough to give you a good life. I can't imagine what that must be like. If only he had worked harder, you could be reading. You, you, I'd be reading your work maybe yeah. too, but instead you know who I am and I don't know who you are. So I feel bad for you. And that just makes them, so, you insult their dad. Yeah. Oh. You're like, imagine I'm, it must suck. Or do you just say it's quite simply, I guess it must suck to be poor. Yes. Right? Yeah, you probably smell, you probably can't afford. And that's you know, that's the like, way you fight those people. Yes, you come back right back at them. You can't be like, well, actually, my dad, I know I am privileged and I don't deserve it. But then you also worked your ass off. You were 99 percentile in education. You, were, you, you played lacrosse uh, at a D1 school, which people, 
I'm fucking tired of that too. By the way, lacrosse is such an easy. <laughs> this guy plays lacrosse. Like it's such a common like comic thing. Yeah. Why did lacrosse become a punchline? <laughs> Maybe you know? after the Duke lacrosse thing. Uh, it, it, I but guess, it was before but that. Those guys were falsely accused of rape. It's like one of the most gruesome miscarriages of justice of all time. Yeah. And the fucked up part is a lot of people throw the jokes around about them. Uh, still being rapists, and I stand on the line of like, whatever, everything goes. Who cares? I don't really care. But you have to believe, you have to know that they didn't actually rape those strippers. Yeah. That's been on, we know that. No, it came out that, yeah. I mean, they weren't up to no good. I'll tell yeah, you that. They had a party with strippers. Yeah, no, I've done that. I've, yeah. I've done that. I've been at a party where just one girl's dancing in between a bunch of drunk college kids. Yeah, and, and you know what the sad part is? If one of those D1 strippers, lacrosse. if one of those strippers had come out and accused yeah. you and a couple other guys of that party of rape, nobody would have cared. Yeah, because you Why? guys because weren't the Duke lacrosse yeah, team. You weren't cool. contending for a national title. It wasn't as splashy of a headline. Well, lacrosse is just like it's just everyone should fucking play lacrosse. Like, dude, I, there are worse sports. Why don't we talk about polo that way? Why don't we talk about squash that way? Why don't we talk about fucking? <laughs> Uh, rowing. Yeah. The Winklevoss twins. They were rowers, not lacrosse players. Because I think lacrosse is one more popular. I do think that it's it's an expensive game to get into because the pads, the stick. Yeah. Uh, it's mostly white people. Hockey, it's changing now. Hockey's like that. I think yeah. hockey's probably more expensive to play than lacrosse. I get so jealous of uh, of guys like of you and like guys from the Barstool world because you do have an audience that like would never make that kind of easy don't fucking lacrosse or if I I mean they have other problems but yeah. but like there is like the idea of knowing what a locker room feels like and a shower feels like with a bunch of men mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean or playing sports yeah. or like there's like I don't know they're getting you, your heart rate up being a healthy human being <laughs> A lot of people don't know what that's like. Yeah, just lifting hard, getting fucking jacked-ass traps. Just achieving the peak of your physical ability. <laughs> All these fucking trolls swallowing. Just power cleaning. The, if you have never power cleaned, don't fucking say a word to me, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Have you ever benched 225 15 times? No? No, no, I haven't. But, you know, oh, that's because well, I had longer get- arms. <laughs> And I was more of a lower body kind of guy. And that's fine. I was explosive from the ground up. I ignored my legs. I didn't even know I had legs. You were a paraplegic in the weight room. My little brother, I would wheel in. I was very lazy. My little brother goes, uh, you taught me how to work out. You taught me how to bench press. This is before his wedding. And he goes, you never taught me how to do squats. And I still, I still, I'm still mad about that. And I was like... Sam, I didn't give a fuck about my legs. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Guilty. I'm Discharge. sorry your high school career wasn't as good because I didn't teach how to... I thought you had a power <laughs> clean. Hang cleans help the legs. My point being, though, is like bars, everyone on Barstool would understand this conversation that we just had. And I just feel... Sort like, of. Sort yeah. of. Those people at that company, they, they would play on the whole joke of me of me having a wealthy family as well. They like... They, Do you get insecure about that, though? Honestly? Um, what's the flip side? You know, that's the answer that like, would I be better off if my family didn't have money? Fuck no. Yeah. The fact that they had money, uh, it it hasn't exactly helped me in comedy, but it's helped me live comfortably while I was pursuing comedy. I've had things. How did you get hired at Barstool? Through a contest. Okay. That's a completely fair 
way of getting hired. Yeah, it was. It called, had nothing to do with your parents. Yeah, it was Barstool Idol. I sent in an email submission with a stand-up tape, and I got an audition, and a whole bunch of people auditioned. Ten of us got passed through to this like week, mm-hmm. and then every day they would fire someone. We had to do all these tasks and things. And uh, some crazy shit happened in that week. On the Wednesday of that week, I was diagnosed with cancer. What? Yeah, of my uh, vocal cords. Really? Yeah. And that's why you got the job? I had had... I mean, it's just, this is nuts. And uh, I, I had had... So like, Barstool was a make-a-wish, and now that you're in remission, they fired you? There you go. That's one way to write the story. So you had fire mouth. I had fire, fire throat. Okay, what happened? I'm so sorry. So I, uh, I had had a, a surgery in my vocal cords uh, in, like, December. Okay. Uh, and then January was when we went in for that week. Maybe it was a couple months earlier. No, I think it was. I think it was December, and um, in January we were supposed to go into Barstool for that week of uh, of like being voted in and out. It was like The Apprentice or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, I had these polyps removed that were on my vocal cords, and because I was very hoarse all the time, a lot of like singers get it, comedians get it too. And they just sort of scrape them off. But whenever someone, a doctor takes shit, as you probably know, out of your body, they, they biopsy it. That's just like a... Someone say it's HPV of the throat from blowing people, but whatever. Nobody says that. No, no, no. no that's not, not something anyone has said <laughs> ever. HPV of the throat from blowing? No, no one's you ever... You can been... get throat cancer that's from, from cunnilingus. Yeah. Oh, okay. So there we go. I don't know if men can give it to you. That's what happened to Michael Douglas, right? Yeah. yeah that was the... That's what he claims. Yeah. I mean, who knows? So, yeah, yeah. so they they take out polyps. They take out the polyps, and uh, everything was fine. I recovered. My voice was good. And then uh, on the Wednesday of Barstool Idol, you know, I'm half the people have been eliminated. I'm at this point kind of in the lead mm-hmm. uh, because I was the only real comedian and writer who, who was there. And... Um, my doctor called me and said, I need you to come in immediately. So I left from the office uh, and just snuck out and went up to, uh, what was it, Mount Sinai. And I went in and he told me that they had biopsied the polyps and what they thought were polyps had come back actually as malignant cancerous tumors. And he couldn't believe it because in all his years of doing this, his doc- name Dr. Dr. Wu, and Peak Wu, in all of his y- years of doing... Jewish? No, Asian. I know, I'm kidding. Oh, yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Too quick for me. Uh, so in all of his years of doing this, he, he had never seen tumors that looked like this he was so sure they were polyps even when he took them out when he looked at them under the microscope all that stuff now why 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 did he never see them like that because they weren't they weren't of the size and shape they didn't have features of being tumors so he couldn't he didn't he was very dubious about the biopsy results Mm -hmm. and that was why he told me don't even think about this yet we're going to send them in for like more tests okay but then I came right back to Barstool, and I'm thrown right into the fire. And we had to go on radio and do a test radio segment with KFC. And I was—I had, like, my eyes were bloodshot from crying because in the cab ride home, I had to call my parents and tell them that I had just been, they had just found 
cancerous tumors in my throat. And uh, he was like, are you okay? You know, what's wrong? And I was like, dude, I mean, I just think I, I think I just found out that I, I might have cancer. And uh, you said this on the radio. Yeah. And I didn't know. I probably in hindsight, I should not have said anything. Um, but I was just very shaken. And uh, that turned into a big story at Barstool. And uh, I continued to get voted through and I, I ended up winning the whole thing. And even on Friday to the point where I did a video segment and some songs uh, about, you know, how I had cancer now. <laughs> oh, my God. So I started making material out of it, which is what we as comedians do. I like that you already had the songs written. Yeah, I'm like, well, no, I mean, like... Just, no, no, I no, wrote like them just in case cancer songs. Tiny things. It worked out perfect. Yeah, but it was like I went... I went Everything. <laughs> I went to the subway, and I was like... I had a keyboard down there, and I was pretending to raise money for, like, my bills yeah uh and i was singing like hold me closer i've got cancer like yeah uh just parody songs and um that clip was kind of what won me barstool idol and also the job because the winner of barstool idol got a six-month trial contract and so i won and then was working there for a couple weeks and we were sending around the biopsy samples to all kinds of places we brought them to maine uh because we had doctor friends in maine that's where my parents are from who run cancer places or who are oncologists and they were like kind of baffled by it and then they sent them out to a clinic in california and the clinic was having like a a you know meeting of all these doctors from all over the place and everybody was yeah like (laughs) all of them were like weighing in on it and it was Two weeks after I got the job that I got a phone call while I was at work from Dr. Peak Wu, and he said, I've got some great news. We realized that the biopsy results from a DNA test were female. And the, res- the, the things that we- they had been swapped in the Mount Sinai lab. Oh, my God. And my sample didn't belong to me. And it was it belonged to some woman, and then they tested my results. They found them, the ones they had swapped for her, and mine were clean. And I, you know, I was elated. I kind of like broke down, but immediately, the bloggers at Barstool ran to their computers and started writing Francis fake cancer to get a job at Barstool. So that kind of became this narrative, and Dave was, you know, perpetuating it. But it's like, all right, I can live with that if it means I don't have fucking cancer. And then the crazy part was everyone was like, well, you should sue Mount Sinai for this, for medical malpractice. And I was like, well, one, I'm not going to sue for finding out that I don't have cancer. But two, the person who actually has the right to sue in my mind is the woman who either didn't have cancer and got this clean sample and was like, yep, all's good. And then found out like a month and a half after she should have that she actually did have cancer or had cancer, got my clean sample and was like, glory to God, I'm miraculously cured. And then a month and a half later was like, ah, sorry, you still have it. Also, should she keep her job at Bleacher Report that she got? Because 
<laughs> of the story. No, but that's fucking. That is wild. So that's something that, that has, is wild. That's something that has like hung over my yeah, head. Yeah. So then, but now, it's crazy because I, I published like my blog explaining the whole thing, which I included. You know, I included the biopsy report. I included the doctor, uh, like the the whole like uh, mm-hmm. all the forms which were signed, which I probably shouldn't have done, but like everything was like very clearly showing that I wasn't lying, and just people don't care. They think it's funnier to, to say that I faked cancer to work at Barstool, which is, you know, preposterous. But that's that's a that's a story. Oh my god. That came dude. out of That uh, is fucking nuts. That came out of Barstool. That is fucking nuts. So it's so funny that you can be a victim to cancer or even like kind of cancer and right away people they they wanna put you as a hero and then once they find out that it's not the story. They want to just demo- They want to destroy, right. and that's like the cancel culture of the world. Like yeah. they want to destroy you for finding out that you've. Like, what kind of psycho would you be if you made up that cancer that's and the then thing. wrote cancer songs? That's the thing. I mean, <laughs> I'd have to be the worst human alive. And if that's what you really believe, then like, you know, you really don't believe in people. So now here you are, though. Uh, you know, a little insecure about maybe having some kind of like getting a job at a net, but like you're doing this all yourself from hard work. And now even when you get something through hard work, there's a fucking reason why yeah, you people, got it. People like, say you had to fake a job. You had to fake cancer to get that job at Barstow. And it's like, well, <laughs> you know, not really. I mean, nobody else. I would have won in, in perfect health because I was just objectively better than everyone else and people quieted down about that once i started really crushing it there yeah um and and that st- sort of wasn't something well people, people do, uh, in the comedy world they don't want you to like if you come from privilege or if you come from money they don't think you've struggled there's an idea of like struggling and then having to be that you actually that you get the time because let's say your parents might help with rent, then it get, allows you more time to go to open mics, and it allows you to do, uh, you know, this. That's why, like, I avoided. That's why I wore the grilled cheese costume yeah, right. or uniform every day because I didn't want anyone. But then eventually, I was like, yeah, you know what, my family, you know, somehow got married into the Bulls organization, and I told people about that. And I'm like, whatever, I'll just tell people my dad's a doctor. I'll tell people I come from mm-hmm. a private, because a lot of people have that same story. They do. Out there. And it doesn't mean that you're just in, like, fundamentally not working hard, or that your life is a cakewalk. Admittedly, I know people for whom that is the case, and they don't work hard, obviously. But someone once tweeted at me, you know, something like, you're never going to make it in comedy because you've had it made. You don't know struggle. Name You can't name a single other comedian who grew up rich. And I was like, really? Nick How about Kroll. Nick Kroll, John, John Mulaney, Mulaney. Uh, fucking yeah. Julia yeah. Louis-Dreyfus. Um, there are so many comedians that grew up incredibly wealthy. Who yeah, are but the they never funniest? fake cancer. Julia Dreyfus has cancer. She for real. does. Not like you. Maybe it's fake. Maybe she learned from me. We'll find out soon. Oh, to get another season of Veep? She yeah. fake breast cancer. <laughs> That's really shameful. She already had it made. Oh, she really did. Just keeps fucking taking. Um, the, 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 uh, <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, but I mean, I guess, you know, Chappelle's special was like a big thing, like people talked. But his opening line about Anthony Bourdain killing himself with the best job in the world, people want to write off someone that's privileged 
so quickly that they don't have any problems. And so many of my rich friends have the worst problems yeah. on earth. Totally. And, and you know, addicted to drugs, addicted, like, not feeling like they have any worth in this world because they've gotten it from family or whatever. You know, and, and like, these are, like, complaints. Like, oh, I don't want to hear that's Those are their choices. And like, Yeah, but it, it works both ways, too, because rich people think that poor people are poor because they're not working hard and they're making a choice yes. to be lazy. And poor people think that rich people are rich because of entitlement and privilege and things that they don't deserve. And then somewhere in the middle is, like, the middle class is just mad at everybody. And uh, nobody wants to take responsibility for the fact that, like, some people win, some people lose. The best you can do is work hard and hope hope, hope it works out. Yeah. What, um, that bully that, that got ar- arrested? Who? The bully that got arrested. Oh, <laughs> yeah, running. Josh. What, um. Josh was something. I don't know what it was. So then you went to college. You went to Harvard, right? I did. Out of high school? Yep. Did you apply anywhere else? I mean, no. I knew so you I got in early admission, or did early you get in through action. lacrosse? They didn't have. Uh, yeah, I got. I, I knew I was going to get in through lacrosse. Yeah, you were that good in high school. Yeah, dude. So what did you play? Midfielder, right? Yeah. God, midi. I was so lazy. I just played crease attack. I never would leave the oh, crease. Fun. I would just sit there and just score goals. That's good. Oh, it was great. Yeah. I played in Florida though. It's not that like. There's some good school. What's that school down there? St. Andrews. St. Andrews is really good. Yeah, we played against Manhasset at a Long Island. Did you go to St. Andrews? I went to St. Edwards. Oh. In Vero. But we were good. We played them in the state championships a lot. And they would beat you? Yeah. Every huh. time. Well, how old are you? I'm 39. Wow. That's old. Yeah, it's not young. If anything, it's 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 old. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> you when you think good. about... No, I look all you right. You youthful. You it's maintain It's been hitting youthful. me lately, though, because I am getting closer to 40. That. Yeah, you're pretty fucking... Cl- you're knocking on the door. I am. Of death or of, of just, forty? Are you okay. going to do anything big for your fortieth birthday? My thirtieth was big. My fortieth, I don't know, man. I, the older I get, the less I want to have a party. I don't like parties anymore. I don't like the attention of the party. I don't want to design the party. You know, I say the same stuff. I say the same stuff. I know that the older I get, the less I like being around people, and we fall into this trap of, of cynical uh, anti-social activity in comedy. We're all like this. But the truth is, once a fucking decade, break out the streamers, right. pop a bottle of champagne, and let people show you that they like you, man. It look, feels good. Look, if it's a, if you want to do a surprise party for me, I know we've only hung out three when times. When is your birthday? Huh? April 18th. Okay, so you got some time. If you want to set it up, I'm, I'm letting you, I'm throwing it out there right now. Yeah. You can do it. Do you want to have kids? That's a good question. That's what I started thinking about because I have nephews. I have three nephews, my older brother. Uh, they just had the third. And uh, I joke that the only reason why I want to get married is so I can get a bed when we visit family because they all, you know, when you're single, no one gives a shit about you. They just throw <laughs> you in the pantry or whatever. And, um, so, so, um, in the pants, yeah, yeah, just go sleep by the canned goods there, yeah, yeah. And, um, we've inflated the pool float for you, yeah, we got a bed of nails, and for we're you. just gonna lay that down. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever in slept the on an unfinished basement? <laughs> but if you use that wicker chair and break it down, you could probably make yourself a pillow. Have you ever slept on an alligator? <laughs> Have you ever slept on an inflatable alligator? We're gonna set that up in the uh, on top of the roof, yeah, of the garage. 
It's all right though. It's fun up there in the middle of winter. Like I went out with my brother. He has a um a house in the Hamptons. I'm like, so me. And Which my, Hampton? Uh, Amagansett. Oof, that's nice. Yeah, my brother. We would sleep. Uh, he puts puts us on up on um, in the garage. Me and my girlfriend. It's a nice garage. It's a, it's it's a like garage. A, it's, it's like a, a house garage. Yeah, yeah house garage. Apartment, yeah. Which is nicer than most people's that's homes. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. That's nice. But it, uh, what were we even talking about? Oh, want to have kids. So, yeah, so I'm around my nephews. I see the work that it takes to fucking be a parent. And if you don't have money to have a nanny or to have help, I guess if you're around I mean, I'd have to either move to Florida. Like, you need help from the grandparents or cousins. If you don't have that, I don't see how it's feasible. Or, like, I don't think it's responsible to have a kid in my situation right now. That's how I financially. feel. That's how I feel. But I also know that, okay, and this is going to sound pretty antiquated, but if I'm with somebody and she really, really wants kids— and I am saying, I don't, I'm not ready. And then somehow it happens and we move forward with it. I hope there would be some understanding that, you know, I'll do what I can. But if you really want this, you're going to have to kind of, I'm, I'm going on the road. I have to like do this stuff and, yeah, you know, maybe hopefully you can hire a nanny. Yeah, but it's like. That's where it comes from, right? It's whoever I feel like whoever wants to have kids more needs to saddle up and be prepared to rear them the most. Well, yeah, I mean, I think the idea is that if you say that you have to, he's blowing his nose right Sorry. now. It's fine. Uh, even rich people get colds, um, which is sad. I'm sorry about that. It's probably faking. You're probably faking the nose, faking stuffing it for, the, for the podcast just to get on the pond. You called me. You're like, dude, I got a cold. I was like, you're coming in. <laughs> You're coming in, pal. No, the um, yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think the idea, too, is that if I had a kid right now, I would have to then go get a job back in grilled cheese. Not in grilled cheese, but I'd go get a and job in real estate or something or in finance. Or, like, I would do something that was more career-driven that was... Stable. Uh, yeah. It would scare the shit out of me to have a kid in... But it sucks. Um, such a, it's such an impediment to that being forward. said, I would love Just to see it. a little version of myself. And yeah. I think I'd be a good father. And I think I would uh, n- not abandon my kid too early. You know? Yeah, probably not. Probably maybe, not. Maybe around 15. Then they know how, to, how to figure it out. They know what, how to like build a fire and shit. Do you? Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you could build a fire. I knew how to build a fire at 15. Yeah, in your pants with your balls. <laughs> oh, <Hey>. Frothing <laughs> got <fire> balls. <laughs> so, so you're playing lacrosse and in college. What do you do when you get out of college? Because you didn't want to. You didn't. Did yeah, you want to be a comedian, or were you part of the harpoon or, or the lampoon? The lamp, the harpoons. The lampoon. I didn't do the lampoon, and it it is the regret of my college time that I never tried. And I'm not saying I necessarily would have gotten in, but it is people who do it have the greatest professional network in comedy of yes. any of anything now they, why didn't you do it you just didn't it didn't occur to you or did you i never i never really understood it i didn't know what they were about i didn't know that i wanted to be a comedian until i was a senior and um i just it, it seemed like something i didn't have time for given that i was playing lacrosse it's kind of what i always told myself yeah but then my senior year, I also said the same thing about doing theater. And it was, my senior year, I finally said, you know what, I'll always regret it if I don't try. And I tried out for a couple plays, and I got cast. 
as the lead in, in one musical and, and a good role in another and did those in the fall and absolutely loved it. And I was so glad to have done theater in college. Now, coming from a place where you went to private school, I'm sure your dad didn't. Did He, he probably doesn't see a career for you to go to Harvard and then become a theater major. My it's, parents were never like that. Really? No, everyone asks that. But I, I didn't grow up with parents who had... Okay, what about, though, other kids, like, being... Like, when you were on lacrosse team in high school and shit, like, the idea of doing theater for me would, was the scariest thing on earth because of, I think, people wouldn't be making fun of me or... or, or And I was scared. I just, I just didn't... I guess I had a... Uh, there, there's. It's weird. I'm a very sensitive person, mm-hmm. and in many regards, I don't have a thick skin, and I get mad when people online talk, say shit to me. But on the other hand, I, I always had the the courage of my convictions, and I was always able to say that is something I want to do, and I don't really care if people think that me being in in theater or yeah. doing singing in the acapella group or whatever it was that I was doing was like not what a fucking lax bro was supposed to do. Yeah. And you showing know? your circumcised dick I, to a bunch of French boys. Yeah, I mean it was like, you know, I uh you I, sh- I definitely didn't relate to the theater kids that much. I did. It's funny you say that cuz like I didn't realize I wanted to I wanted to do something uh creative my whole life and I never had the balls to do it. And then I took an acting class in college, and I knew then that this is something in the realm of what I am, should be doing. Mm-hmm. And I was still too afraid. I was, oh, I was also. I went to school in Tulane in New Orleans. I was fucked up the whole time. Yeah, you know, like I was a mess. Oh, the hurricane, you know. Yeah, the hurricane will get you. Freaking. So I. Were you there for that? Huh? Were you there for? Oh, that? Oh, you're talking about Katrina. I thought Katrina. you were talking about the drink on Bourbon Street. Hurricanes. Oh, no. They have a drink. After yeah. the named after no, the not after Katrina. It's just called a hurricane. You Susan get it at Pat Sunset. O'Brien's where they play piano, dueling pianos. Oh, cool! And you just get fucked up. It's like a red fruity drink mm, with like grain sugar. alcohol yeah. that just fucking destroys you. Do you have a lot of party stories from like Harvard? Did they party there? We did. Yeah. Yeah. Like the thing about the, look because lacrosse the, is known. The for, people who wanted to party partied at Harvard probably just as hard as yeah anywhere else. The the difference was. There were far fewer people like that there than there were at, you know, you, I don't know, name some state, state school, yeah. Alabama, Indiana, uh, did, Arizona. When you were in your, uh, in your twenties, did you have a party phase where you fucking, how old are you right now? I'm I just, uh, 30. Okay. 30. So then you got into comedy, what, two years or not two years ago, you applied at Barstool. I, I was at Barstool for two and a half years. Yeah. But I was doing stand-up for five years before that. Okay. So I'm like seven and a half. What did you do right after college work-wise? Got into stand-up. Oh. Right after. Moved right to New after. York. Started taking classes at UCB for improv. Yeah. Sketch writing. That. Doing open mics and stand-up. And very quickly, I got a job tutoring at a tutoring agency. Okay. And uh, within four months, I realized I could make a lot more money doing it on my own. Got a couple, like, I got one referral from my aunt who lived in New York. She was like, hey, my friend has a kid that needs tutoring. Would you do it? And charged them 100 bucks an hour. The agency I worked for was charging 150 an hour for me. But I only got to keep $35 of that. So all of a sudden, I was making 100 an hour on my own with this one client. And then they started referring me everywhere. And within, I left the agency immediately. And... What were you teaching? I was doing a lot of uh, the eighth grade test. 
It's called the SSAT that kids take to apply to boarding schools. Yeah. Because there are a lot of K through eight schools in New York City, and a lot of kids in New York City go to boarding schools or have to apply out of their K through eight schools. Mm-hmm. So they take this test. And that was like the age group that I really connected with, especially boys. Yeah. As creepy as this all sounds. No, it doesn't sound creepy. Uh, like parents would be like, I have this amazing tutor for my son. He's a Harvard lacrosse player, but he's also very good at teaching the test. And the my kids love him. You got to hire him. So I, I ended up getting almost like a fucking monopoly. I mean, I had so many kids. I just kept raising my rate. I ended up getting to $300 an hour which was bananas, and then I started a company, a tutoring company, because I couldn't take out any more students. So I hired like four or five people I knew, actors, musicians, all with like Ivy League degrees, and uh, sort of taught them the way that I tutored that test, and then I would take a percentage of what they were making. It was called Ellis Prep. And at one point, we I had like seven tutors working for me. I was making like, you know, 180 Gs a year. (laughs) So fucking, by the way, that like... You know, that was, where did I get that from? You know, was mm-hmm. that privilege? Was that my parents? No. Admittedly, sure. It was it helped that I had a Harvard degree and I played lacrosse. Yeah. But at the same time, I had the foresight to get good at tutoring this yeah. thing. And I saw a very good market for it in New York. And that's why I was able to continue pursuing stand-up as long as I did comfortably. I was making 180 Gs a year as a tutor. That's so fucking. And then, what would you pay the people? Would you pay them what thirty seven? No, I g- I gave them. I <laughs> no, paid I them well. I would charge around. like two twenty five for my tutors, and then I would keep a uh, hundred of it, and they would keep one twenty five. I always wanted to pay my tutors more than I was taking from that, them. That's awesome. Yeah. And then they go on and start their own tutorship, right? No. So, so you had this going on. When did you quit that? Uh, once I got hired at Barstool, I couldn't keep running the company. I couldn't even tutor. Anymore. Did you sell the company? I didn't. I just oh. gave it to my tutors. I really? said, "You guys keep all the money now." So you get this job at Barstool. You finally, this is considered your dream job. What are you doing at Barstool every day? So you get the job. You're king of Barstool. Can't say that. I can't say that it was a dream job. Okay, but in your mind, did you think it was going to be? I didn't understand you... what it was. I didn't yeah. know what I was getting myself into at all. I had no. I honestly, I won Barstool Idol on a Friday. And keep in mind, I'd been diagnosed in my mind with cancer two days earlier breast cancer of the throat there you go yeah and i didn't know i didn't even know that there was a job like to the winner yeah i kind of like i thought maybe that was kind of a joke or something and dave came up to me was like all right we'll start you on a trial contract for six months and i was like okay and then i was like when do you want me to start he's like you're starting monday and i was like oh jesus now i have to like cancel all these tutoring sessions all these kids yada yada so I sort of phased my students out. I passed some of them over to my other tutors. And then I couldn't run the business anymore. And I started working at Barstool and I was a blogger and I was making videos. I was making sketches. That was the first thing. That was the I was the first person to do that at Barstool to make like scripted sketch content. Mm-hmm. And uh at first people were like this isn't Barstool. Barstool's not scripted. But then people were like these are great. And so that did well. Mm -hmm. And then a year in, I got the radio show, the morning show on Sirius, when Sirius gave us a whole channel. And I did that with Willie Colon for a while, for the whole time I was there. 
And uh, so I did radio, wrote a lot, and did a sketch comedy show. And uh, those were kind of my main. And then I did stand up, and they got me. They, they ultimately gave me a special, which was really cool. And I just kind of did all kinds of shit there. It was fun. Now, at any point, did you regret not doing tutoring anymore? Were you like, you said it wasn't a perfect job. Well, I mean, the idea, though, it, it built you a, a fan base. No, somewhat. I mean, I, I don't mean that it wasn't a perfect job. Yeah. In, in that, uh, I when I say when I I didn't know what I was getting myself into, I didn't understand. I didn't know that I was signing up when I signed up for the contest. Yeah. I didn't know that I was signing up for the potential <laughs> of working at Barstool yeah. full time. And uh, I, I also certainly didn't think I was going to win. I had no idea. Yeah. But it was like once I got in and I was like two days into this thing, I was like, I, yeah, I'm way better than all these people. <laughs> I mean, I was a writer. I was yeah, a yeah. writer mm-hmm. from, from, you know. So you're working on Barstool for two and a half years. And yeah. then, I mean, it, Barstool, if, I don't know, some people don't know what it is. I mean, it, what, how would you describe what Barstool is in like, Ascent. I mean, it started out as a sports company, and now, I mean, you're multimedia. They have podcasts. They have shows. They have... I think it's a comedy-based sports company, and there's always more of an emphasis on trying to be funny than there is on presenting nuanced sports takes. Yes. So, like, for me... It's like Sports Center meets Jackass, kind of. Kind of. Uh, for me, like the the seminal product is pardon pardon my take, which is the podcast that Big Cat and PFT run. And his names are great. By yeah, me. it's huge. Yeah, it's huge. That Did podcast is fucking massive, and they do a phenomenal job. And they do something that nobody else had done to that point, which was that they basically get athletes to come in, and athletes are such bad interviews. Because they've been taught their whole lives, don't say anything to the press. Don't say anything that's going to cause a stir. You know, just read the lines that we've coached you to say. Speak without saying anything. And these two guys somehow managed to get athletes out of their protective shell and saying somewhat interesting stuff. And they make it very funny and it's unusual and they have incredible chemistry. And that to me is what. I like that's what I wanted Barstool to be. Not that anyone gives a shit what I wanted it to be, but that's what I like to think of Barstool as. Unfortunately, there's a lot of other elements to it. Which is like, what? What do you not like there? Well, you know, Dave does a totally kind of different thing, which is like he creates conflict and, and shock, then, and yeah, then, trolling to the nth degree, like and 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 thrives off that, and nobody does it better. Nobody traffics in controversy better than Dave Portnoy. And uh, he's a master at it. I'm telling you, this guy is a chess wizard of manipulating anger um, online in the broader world. I, I don't know how he does it because he, he, he has a new thing every fucking six weeks. Yeah. Like the most recent one, right? He said, if anyone at Barstool... To were union. to unionize, yeah. I would fire them on the spot. And he tweeted that out. And fundamentally, that is illegal, I'm pretty sure. You can't say that, right? Yeah. Because companies are, employees are allowed to unionize. That's just part of like what it means to be an employee. And that's a law. 
right? And yet all these people start attacking him for it. And Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, a congresswoman, starts threatening him and coming out against him on Twitter. And I'm like, oh, my God, is this it? Is this the fall of Barstool? Of course not. Of course not. He can say whatever the fuck he wants. He's like Trump. Trump, yeah. You can, at some point, you get to a point where if you've filled the glass with enough shit that you've said, you can just keep saying mm-hmm. shit. And get and, rewarded for it. And yeah. you never get in trouble. Every time he does this, it causes a million more eyeballs to come to Barstool. And some people are coming in anger, and some people are like, what's this all about? And then they're like, oh, this is kind of funny. And they stick around, and that's how the company grows. Nobody is more important to the growth of Barstool than Dave Portnoy, and that has been the case since day one. Yeah, there'd be no, there'd be, that other podcast wouldn't be anything. Correct, correct. And a lot of, like, all the positive things at Barstool that you want to say. I mean, the pizza thing. I mean, it's just, like, he does, like, little things that go viral he knows how to. Uh, I mean, he worked very hard. I watched this, the uh, HBO Real Sports on him about how you know he started with a paper in college, and no one was. Li- he was handing it out himself. He was like waking up at four a.m. to hand it out, and then he threw some tits on the front of it, mm-hmm. and that really helped. Yep. And I'm sure that clicked in his head. Oh, people need shock. People really react. N- nuance is not such a big thing anymore. They want yeah. in your face. What can Grab headlines, what can uh, cause emotion. People work a lot off emotion, and that's what trolls do. They play with that emotion right. that people have. Cause, but, I mean, he's brilliant at it, and I think yeah. that uh, that it, it was needed in the sports world. People want to know, like, the Players' Tribune, that paper. like that. Uh, yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's like people want to hear these stories from the athlete's mouth. Right. You want to, And that's why that podcast is great with Big Cat, because yeah. you want to know... Like, like what, what, like you want to know that they're human at the end of the day. Right. So, so, okay. So then you're at Barstool. Yeah. You're working there. You are building a nice little fan base for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, they like you there. Uh, you're winning the uh, NFL combine there. You're yeah, better dude. than everyone physically. <laughs> uh, everyone there. I mean, Dave Pornay can't run where shit. I saw him run. I'm like, dude, how can you have confidence and you run a seven five forty? Yeah, and like your legs like go inverted somehow, like it's a knock need. Yeah, it's fucking bullshit. I fucking hate when someone can't throw a football more than ten yards, but only talk about sports and have like this confidence and like their views. It's like, bitch, you can't even. He he was a he was a better athlete than you're giving him credit for. I think he was all state in baseball. Was he? Yeah. Shit. In high school. Sorry, I completely take it. No, back. that's okay. But whatever. I think he doesn't really play sports anymore. Whatever, baseball players ain't fucking athletes. <laughs> okay. You know how many baseball players I would... I, I lived with all baseball players at Tulane, and when we'd go, me and my little Jew friends would beat them in basketball all the time. D1 baseball players. They have shaved arms. They all wear puka shell necklaces. So here's a good question. You bring up a good By the way, point. it's very hard to hit a baseball on 99. I, I want to ask you this. What is your definition of someone who is truly athletic? What does it mean to be truly athletic? Hmm. Because I know people who say that Lance Armstrong is a great athlete or Michael Phelps is a great athlete, right? Mm-hmm. But to me, the definite, like what it means to be super athletic is the ability to play many sports very well. 
someone who's like to me, Deion Sanders is like or Bo Jackson. The, yeah, these are the great athletes. But could Bo Jackson, if he just swam, only swam, how good of a swimmer could he have been? Right. Whereas like Michael Phelps, if you watch him hit a tennis ball or have a catch, he might look pun intended like a fish out of water. Yeah. With no motor skills, no hand-eye coordination whatsoever, but you put him in a pool and he is endurance. a submarine. A lot of people don't think endurance is necessarily athletic. Well, that brings up the Kenny Powers thing, which is uh, I'm playing I real be sports. The best at I don't want to be the best at exercising. What do you believe? I don't know. I think you one there's a lot of athletes that are great at both those kind of things. You think a Kenyan marathoner is a superb athlete, a guy who wins the Boston Marathon? Because he can run five twenty miles for twenty six hours, twenty six miles. I think those are outliers. I think there are people that can run five minute miles that could also hit a baseball four hundred feet. You know what I mean? Like I think there are people, but yeah, that would be the more athletic person, right? The person that can do multiple things. Yes. But that Kenyan, he doesn't. He can't go to Dick's Sporting Goods and get a baseball. Dude, match. he can't come over to my house without me beating the shit out of him. Why are you going to beat up this guy? Because can I can to prove that I'm a better athlete than he is. You think by by physical force, if he, you could beat someone up, you're a better athlete than them? All right, let's say that he and I put on boxing gloves and played a, did a sanctioned boxing match. Yeah, the Kenyan doesn't have boxing. He couldn't. All right, okay, he could one on one basketball. I okay. beat him. All right, tennis. I beat him. Soccer somehow. Because you're privileged. You're a privileged white man. Nah, he's Kenyan. He's privileged. <laughs> That's how we end it. No, I, I, I do think, though, like, yeah, like, there are, th- I, I feel I feel like kids nowadays with AAU and shit are playing one sport all, all year round, like, basketball all year round, because football's dying off. Mm. It's just a thing. Like, football's getting lower, and pe- less people are playing it. Yeah. Um, baseball's kind of boring. Basketball's probably the fastest, oh, soccer's the fastest growing sport, but baseball's very, or uh, basketball's probably bigger than every sport now i don't know football because of fantasy football is still a thing very but my point being is that <laughs> i know we could we could actually take out like 30 of those words my that was po- the most worthless ever like ever ever ever, yeah. ever. <laughs> but it has a point it does it though God. probably doesn't Bring it, lay no, it on me no lay it on me. my point is is less kids are playing multiple sports yeah that doesn't mean that they're less athletic. I could have said that in two words. That's but. fair. That's fair. That's fair. They're specializing. And I think the need for kids to play year-round versions of their one sport has become greater and greater. And it's sad because I loved playing multiple sports. And I always thought that my playing soccer in the fall helped me prepare for lacrosse season in the spring. And I actually played uh, soccer. I played one, one year of soccer as well at Harvard. That's great. I mean, the I do think I agree with you. I think when 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 I was like I was going to not play basketball when I was playing lacrosse in high school, and I was like, well, I won't play basketball because I'll just work on lacrosse. Right. But basketball definitely kept me in shape to be great. Yeah. At. And then instead of actually working for lacrosse, you probably just fucked around, right? All winter. Well, I ended up playing basketball. I ended oh, up doing okay. the right thing so, by yeah, playing. So- but it's like also just saying like, you know, a lot of people, they have like are uh, artistic or like, I could be creative and I could I could do what I want if I didn't have my day job. But a lot of times when I had a day job, I was way more... Uh, yeah, efficient. Way more efficient with my time. Yeah. 
the the least the least amount of time actually you could do the most amount because you feel like a pressure and especially if you're a procrastinator like I am. Yeah. But if you work hard at one thing, then it'll push you to work hard at another. I agree. Do you have a day job? No, I don't. Not anymore. I was a dog walker for seven years. Can you live on comedy? Yeah. Wow. I know. That's impressive. Thank you, Nicky Glazer. Yeah. What do you think it means to be a pro comic? I don't know. I mean, I think. Do you consider yourself a pro comic? Uh, if I if you could absolutely hit, if you could hit that's a, baseball, a no-brainer. If you could hit a baseball, you could be a pro comic. No, I think <laughs> you're a pro comic. You you know you are right. You do you agree with that? You're a pro comic. I don't have like a. a you get paid to do this. Yeah, and you can live on comedy. Uh-huh. You're a pro comic. Yeah, I guess so. I'm yeah. a pro comic. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I, I I'm agreeing with you. I yeah I'm a okay. pro comic, but so, I don't feel like I'm anywhere near where like my idea of a pro comic is someone that headlines. On their own and has their own fan base. And Do you ever headline? Live off their own. Not, I haven't yet. I, I probably can in maybe a year from now. I think. Do you have an hour? Yeah, I could do an hour. By the way, that's bullshit too. No one ever needs an hour. You need forty-five minutes headline. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah, I definitely could do forty-five yeah. minutes. So, you, do you open for Nikki a lot? Yeah. Yeah. Almost every weekend. That's awesome. I feature for because she she sells well. Yeah, she's great. And she sells well. She's a great comic. She's a great friend. She's been amazing yeah. for me. She's changed my life. I have a funny story Nick, about Nikki. Yeah? But I don't know if I should tell it. Okay. I feel like she should be present for me to tell it. All right. So I'll tell you it, and then you can cut this. Unless, okay. whatever. All right. So Nikki uh, did my radio show at Barstool once. Barstool Breakfast. And it was great. It was the first time I'd met her. And uh, we texted after that, and I asked her if she wanted to have lunch with me. And she said, sure. So we met for lunch like a a week later. And I wasn't really sure what the parameters of the lunch were. I thought maybe it was like... Were you asking her as a date or as a... I honestly was asking her for professional advice. Okay. But when she came to the lunch, I was like, wow, she's really attractive, very funny, and I thought maybe we were flirting a bit more than we were like, you know, student teacher thing. Mm-hmm. So then I asked her if she wanted to hang out another time. And she came over to my apartment to smoke weed. And we got, I was like, I'm, I'm, I smoke weed, but I get high, you know, I don't like handle myself that well yeah. when I smoke weed. And I thought maybe we would just like smoke a joint. I had a bong and somehow I suggested that, I was like, I have a bong if you want to hit that. And she was like, that sounds fun. I haven't smoked a bong in ages. And we pulled out the bong and we ripped the bong and I pretty much lost my fucking mind. I lost all ability to act normal, cool. And I think maybe there was a chance of some romance. And once I hit that bong, I couldn't act like a normal cool. I couldn't be cool. And... We, I have a piano in my apartment. Okay. And uh, she said, do you play? And I said, yeah, I actually play it in my act a lot. She goes, oh, cool, play me a song. So I played her a song that I play. Okay. And she didn't laugh once. (laughs) And then I end the song, and I, I still remember the first thing she said was, is that your closer? And I said, Yes. Oh boy. And then from that point on, 
there was it was over man and then like later on we texted and i was like hey listen you know uh I don't really know what the deal is with us, like, or what's going on. I'm not sure if this is just like a friendship. Or I, to be honest with you, I was pretty attracted to you, and thought maybe whatever. But I just thought I'd lay my cards on the table. And she sent me this great text back, and it was like, "Yeah, definitely, like, was attracted to you. Uh, you know, thought thought uh, thought it was gonna be like a date thing. But then when we were hanging out, I was getting more friendship vibes." But anyway, thanks so much. Like hanging out, I would love to see you again. And we—that was kind of the end of it. We never, we never talked again. In my mind, I am certain that I was—I I performed something for her comedically that was so bad that I played my way out of hooking up with her. Did you tell her you had cancer? <laughs> Dude, I I was I unfunnied my way. I should have. I should have told her about the cancer thing. To this day, it's like if I just hadn't done it. I know. But who knows? You know, it's probably maybe it's for the best. And so I still love Nikki Glazer. Have you done a bong hit since? No, I haven't. Do you think if you didn't do a bong hit, are you playing that song? No. You're being cooler. I think I'm like aware that that's probably not the song to fucking play. And then we then we played oh, some like Taylor Swift picked... songs and she would sing and I would sing. So maybe if you just fun. went to Taylor Swift, yeah, right away instead of doing something on. Your I own. should never have performed. She's such a better comic than I am that I don't know what I was thinking. Giving her my closing number from my act. You probably should have said it was somewhere in the middle. What what scenario? Where does how good would you have to be for that to actually lead you to hooking up with the person? You of did. her of her comedic caliber. First of all, I don't know if it ever works. Yeah, I don't think any song would have worked. I don't even think uh, who's who's the best at that at doing that. Tim Minchin, uh, is Bo Burnham, maybe. Okay, Bo Burnham could have probably fucked her. Maybe he's that talented. He's that talented, dude. I'm pretty good though. Now, I know, but Bo- admittedly, this was at a time when I hadn't written some of my best songs. But but my songs are my songs are good. Where's that song now? In your set. Dead. Okay. So Just canceled it. So take a positive out of it. Maybe you got rid of material because of that night. Or maybe I didn't get rid of the I, I played it for many, many months <laughs> and then used it in my special. As if I couldn't take a fucking hint from Nikki Glaser, which was this isn't funny. But you have a girlfriend now. I do. Do you play piano for her? All the time. Did you play that song? She's heard it. Not in like maybe not alone. Yeah. How did you meet her? We were introduced by two of our friends. Yeah. Who are married. Okay. To each other. And That's nice, old fashioned. Yeah. It's good, man. It's good that way because they do the background check for you. For real. They're yeah. like, look, I know this person. I know this person. The two of you, based on how well we know you, will like each other. Go. And how long ago was that? A year ago. Great. Today's our one year anniversary. Are you serious? For real. I what got are you her some, do? I got her some diamond earrings. Did you really? They're in my bag. Seriously? We can look at them. I just wanna... bought them before I came over here. You got diamond earrings. Well, it's also her birthday in like a week, so it's a co-present. A now, present hybrid for Have those. you been known to give her big gifts? Um, we are a more experienced based uh gift couple. 
So we, um, thank you. We, I, I got her flights to France and sort of paid for our vacation. Uh, how does this keep going back to France? I mean, France is a big part of my life. <laughs> the country, I thought you hate just, France. I do, but it just won't leave me alone, man. So you thought it was ro- romantic to go to Paris with her? We didn't go to Paris. We went to the French Alps. We went to Chamonix. I've been we, to France. I went to Normandy. That's nice. And I studied in Paris. And I almost got kicked. I, I got in a fight in Paris. It's Hold bad. on. C- cut this because this noise is annoying. No, it's fine. Oh. It's fine. She, oh, so, shit. This yeah, is don't open wrapped. the box. Yeah. So you got her diamond earrings. That's like a step to then getting a diamond ring. Well, I'll, t- I'll be honest. I, my sister got engaged two days ago. Oh. And we were up there in Canada. He did it in my front family. of your family? He took her out on the mud flats. Oh, yes. At low tide, the and they flats. walked a long way out because it's in the Bay of Fundy, which has the highest tide swings in the world. Okay, it's like twenty-six foot tide. So he walked like half a mile out with her during low tide. We didn't know if it was going to happen. He had told us he was going to propose, but and my girlfriend and I saw them walk out, and we thought we saw a bulge in his pocket. So we were like, "We think it's happening." My parents were like, "I don't know," and then we were like taking binoculars and looking at them. It was pretty funny. And then we saw him get on his knee and we all started cheering. This was during low tide. Yeah, and low so tide. so when high tide comes in, that the mud flats every day, you get, there's like a flood. The, they, the, the water comes over the mud flats. Are you not familiar with tides? No, I know tides. But it's ballsy to walk out a half a mile to yeah, trust they, the they, tide. They don't turn. It's not like a river or a dam breaking. <laughs> it's the tide. I know. It takes six hours, I think, to for high tide to become low tide. I think he took her out there threatening her that he's going to keep her out there until the tide comes in if she said no. Where would you get that thought? Why would that be the case? I'm just saying. What, I don't threatening trust someone into engagement? Yeah, it happens all the time. You know why you should trust him? He's an orthopedic spinal surgeon in the military. This guy is the man, dude. He's the man. I've never met someone so accomplished. And Great that, guy. And that's how he knew to take her out then and threaten to kill her because he knows it's a full guarantee she's going to say yes. <laughs> he probably took her out there at five hours and 15 minutes into the tide. He's like, look, there's a countdown. The tide's coming in. You're either saying yes or you're a dead woman. And no one's going to expect it from this orthopedic spine surgeon. Right, I guess in many ways he probably knows how to paralyze someone better better than anyone yeah, else. Yeah, what's better than a flood? I think, yeah, I think he set her up. But I'm glad. It sounds like a good thing. So she took, so you were going to maybe, you weren't going to get engaged. She didn't take that away. No, okay. no, we're only a year in. But did that make you want to get diamond earrings? Uh, put it in my mind. And I, I, you know, the ring he gave her was really cool. It was a family ring. Made out of he, a vertebrae? <laughs> Is <laughs> a family ring that he took the diamond out of. Excuse me. It's all right. <coughs> family ring that he took the diamond out of, and he re- remade it with a ring of his design with rubies on either side. That's nice. And so that's a cool way to do it. We passed down family rings in our family. Yeah, my brother took my mom's, so now I don't have a ring left. Oh, shit, dude. She didn't think I'd ever use it. So well, I'm I gonna, guess it's so, probably a safe bet at this age, you know. Yeah, I'm just going to give my girlfriend probably one of those vibrating cock rings from Walgreens. Those are thick, though. She's going to have to get that size. Yeah, she'll just put on two fingers. 
It's fine. I actually, she put it on. I wore it the other day. It's fun. It's fun. I don't mind. Are you going to propose to your girlfriend? No, I don't know about that. I just, I mean, we've been dating five months, four months. Yeah, it's too soon. We just went to a wedding, and that always uh, brings intensive. Into yeah, bring it really does. But we had a really good time. Yeah. So, am I going to get engaged? I don't know. I mean, that, but yeah, I went to a wedding this past weekend in Denver for a couple comics, and it was beautiful. Who's was, who's wedding? Noah Garden Schwartz. Oh, I like that Steinberg. guy. I don't, I don't know Noah, but I know he's funny. So. He's very funny. He's great. Yeah. He writes for marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, that's a so it's a Jewish wedding. Job. So he's like the god. Of Jews right now. Wow. Jews really love that show. Uh, yeah. So do a lot of other people. But um, um, but yeah, when you go to a wedding, how much does a, a destination job, wedding? How much does a job writing for a show like that pay? I don't know. I didn't ask him, but probably like five good. G's a week, right? Pretty good, right? Yeah. Yeah, real good. Good money. Yeah. I know that a yearly staff writing job at Fallon is two hundred thousand. Yeah. That's bad. pretty, pretty yeah, good. Yeah, it's good money. It's no yeah. tutor money, but it's good. No, it's not tutoring. That's more than tutoring. Yeah, it's more. It's 20 grand more, actually. <laughs> I went on a destination wedding. Where? To Denver. That's not a destination wedding. Why? Because that's where people live. People live there. Yeah, people live in the other places that you go to destinations. Like Thailand? Is that a destination? That's a destination. If you get married so in no Thailand. So no one there. But what about if the, the groom's parents, what if he was from Thailand? Then it's not a destination wedding. If you have no ties to the place where you're getting married and you just tell everyone to go there because it's beautiful, that's a destination wedding. Just because it's a destination that you have to fly to yeah. doesn't mean it's a destination it's wedding. It's a destination wedding for me, personally. A destination wedding means we chose this place because we think it's beautiful and we want everyone Denver's to have- beautiful. Denver is surrounded by mountains. People go there all the time to ski. Yes, but he's grounded in Denver. He doesn't live in Denver. His dad lives in Denver. He has roots there. Their yes. family is there. They thought it would be a beautiful place to come get married. Yes, and nobody, cheaper. Nobody would call Detroit a destination wedding, but you still have to fly to Detroit. Why can't Detroit be a destination? Because it's not rich enough for you? It's like nobody would choose Detroit. Why? During the summer, it's beautiful. There's Lake Michigan, probably, Erie, all the lakes. <laughs> 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 There's like six lakes up there, dude. I mean, just what what do, what do you need for a destination? You need uh, what, what? You need freaking uh, umbrella drinks? Is that what you need? Uh, I think it's like I think it's if if nobody in either uh, bridal yeah. power if in either side of the wedding has ties to it. Okay, but what if ninety percent of their friends don't have ties to it, and they got to fly in? Can it be both? Can it be a, a wedding and a destination wedding? Uh, maybe it's a destination for me. Yeah, but the I'm saying the definition of a destination wedding is that even the pair getting married says, "Yeah, we just thought this place was beautiful. We'd never, well, we'd never been there before, or maybe they've been there, but they just they." I got you, but you're asking something of everybody coming to your wedding by inviting them. Every single person. Every person. Including themselves. Yes. Okay. Well, they, I think flew, they flew to Denver for it. My point being is that it was very expensive. You're looking at 350 for it's the flight. really expensive. Right? You're looking at another 350 for the hotel room. Mm -hmm. And then I got to get them a fucking gift. I never get gifts. Fuck gifts. You but don't I get gave them a gift. I did. What'd you because, get them? Because my girlfriend made me get a gift at Target. I got him a card and gave him some money. Yeah, you're supposed to give money. Yeah, How much I already you... spent fucking $700. How much did you give? 
Not enough. How much? Sixty. You gave sixty dollars and four tens and one twenty. You gave them cash. Yeah, cash. I got cash out at Target. <laughs> what the fuck? You gave a mer- a couple sixty dollars for their wedding. Four ten. That's insulting. That twenty came out of nowhere though. <laughs> I'll tell you what, they went through them tens and they're like, this is shit. And then pff, all about the, what is on there? Franklin? Who's You're supposed there? to pay for your plate. Okay. And I think it's understood at a wedding. How much is a, a plate? Uh, like a hundred bucks. Okay. First of all, they have a wedding registry, right? Yeah. There's fucking, art, there's things on there that were $48. So I was like, I'll go $12. Yeah, but you're, you're supposed to buy like three of those. Give things. me cash more than fucking plates. Yes. I want hard. I want four tens. Then I can. Do you think $60 is worth more to them than four sets of those plates? <laughs> because that's ridiculous. Yo, harder, hard cash within, in the Honestly, Venmo world. They open that and they're like, man, Andrew is so poor. They know that I spent. It was a destination wedding. It's not a destination wedding. It's Denver. <laughs> a flight that cost 300 What about Aspen? If I went to Aspen, if I drove another hour, I'd be a destination wedding? No. That's a lie. No. You know that it is. You know Aspen's a destination wedding. If you're on top of a mountain, you're on a destination wedding. You just think it has to be exotic no, or no. like. No, I think if you can buy a flight for $350, well, that doesn't, that's not true either because you could fly to Florida and then. I was invited to a destination wedding that was in, in the Florida? Florida Keys. Okay. In the Florida Keys. But if it, had, if it had been in Miami, I don't think I would have called it a destination wedding. And those are only 45 minutes apart. That's true. Because one of the bride and groom. But I, I, yeah, I mean, I guess. I guess the harder it is to get there, the more it's a destination. I love that you gave $60 Four cash tens. in different denominations yeah. as a gift for I, the I wanted to do all fives and look like a fucking G, you know? Yeah. Put in a rubber nice band, fat a nice envelope. fatty, maybe a thousand pennies. Real head fake. Yeah, 60 bucks was probably, there's a point where it's like when you get paid as a comedian, when you get paid like 20 bucks, it's like, I, just don't give me anything. That's probably one of those points. I probably should have just gave a card and said, hey, I love well, you guys. Well, well, let me ask you this. <laughs> <laughs> let me ask you this. Were you, was $100 too steep for you? Dude. Because $100 is a gift is like, okay. This is the thing. I appreciate it. I agree. I almost did 100. 60 is ridiculous. But I just bought socks, dress socks at Target. And I was like, just fucking. And then I bought these socks. So I already put in, I'm 30 in socks just because of the trip. So I was like, all right, well, I'm taking <laughs> that. Did you not bring enough socks? I don't, I didn't have dress socks. Also, you I spent, didn't own dress you socks. You spent $30 on two pairs of socks? No, at no, no, Target? no, 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 no. These are, they come in packs. It's oh, like okay. six pairs each. So yeah, like 12 okay. pairs total. All right. So I didn't have socks, so I thought that could go into the wedding fund. I thought the socks, the price of the socks. So th- I started at ninety, let's say, and I took out thirty for the socks. Okay, and gave them the sixty. Hey, listen. Also, I had to Uber back and forth to the venues, yeah. the destination venues. I had to Uber from the hotel. Did you have to pay for your girlfriend's flight? We we almost went Dutch. I went a little bit more. Uh huh. Okay. Nice. She does way better than me. Yeah. Smarter than me. She makes more money than me. Do you pay for the hotel? Most of it. Uh-huh. Most of it. Got it. I don't have... I'm, I don't make Dude, a, I'm not trying to pour yeah. shame. I'm really not. No, no, I, no. I, I'm not like... I don't, I don't think you are. I'm just saying, though, that destination weddings, to also expect a gift, and your friend isn't making over 150 a year, you're looking at 100 or under. If you think you're getting any more than that, you're an asshole. Uh... 
if I invited somebody to my wedding and they were making $140,000 a year and they gave me $60 cash in an How envelope. making one? Who the fuck's making 140? You said 150 oh, okay. or more. Oh, okay. And they, yeah, I don't make that. I'm not using right. myself as a Then reason. then it's a just we they, they know you. It's okay. fine. They okay. know your yeah. financial situation. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. They're probably appreciative They're of the probably, fact that you gave. Yeah, that I even gave them anything. I am going to I am in a wedding that is at in Lake Como next August. That's a destination. That's a destination. I'll give you that. I had to buy three hotel night uh, three nights at a hotel. And and I bought it a year in advance. And guess how much each night was? <sighs> Fucking four fifty a night. Yes, yeah, three three hundred and fifty uh, a night. And they you were, know what's really fun when someone does that? You go way high. It's really <laughs> Take fun. Take the wind out of their. Sails. Yeah, it's it's so fun. And four fifty. Seven thousand a do night. That. Yeah, yeah, that is bad. But no, you can't no. go that high either. Though it's yeah. got to be like seven fifty a night. It's like no three fifty. But like it's got to be higher, but not yeah. like insanely higher. Oh, just such a dick. <laughs> because then it's like okay, maybe it's not that much. Yeah. Okay, so three fifty a night. So that's, yeah, so yeah. that's twelve hundred just for the hotels, the flights, and I'm gonna bring my girlfriend as a plus one, so I'm gonna get her flights, and my flights. It's gonna be. I don't know, three thousand at least. Here's in the flights. thing: those people are going to be divorced in ten years. Why? Do, how do you know that? Then you should get an eighty percent refund. I should get forty I bucks. I agree back. with that. Okay. I agree. If you get divorced, and you it's, give the money back, you should give it back. Not all of it. I want three of those tens back, <laughs> and the card. You could keep the envelope, bitch. I think if you get divorced within a year, you should give it all back. If you get divorced within five years, you should give like half of it. There should okay. be some yes, amortization yes. of the gift. Okay. So I think if you're married for 20 years, and how many kids you have. If you have a couple kids, you get to keep more. Yeah, all of it. If you, if you have no kids, kids and you're divorced in two years, I, I should get paid in full plus 20% yeah, And interest. your buddy comes to you and he's like, it was a huge mistake. Yeah. Then you should get. He should give the money back. Yeah, when he's at his lowest point, it's yeah. time to pay up. Yeah, that's when you take him out to the uh, to low tide, and you go, oh, you don't want to pay me the money? Here comes the tide, <laughs> and then you have like uh, some kind of snowmobile to get back to land quicker. You, you have the most fantastical imagination about nautical tide charts. Here's the thing. I went to Mount Saint Michel. You'd like that. That's in France. Mont Saint Michel, yeah. Mont Saint Michel, France. Uh, je suis in Florida. Je m'appelle Andrew. Comment t'appelles-tu? A It's the song I learned. Um, they, that's a tide. It's a castle yeah. that you can drive out there at low tide, yeah. and then if you got to drive back, and then the water comes and informs. That'd a be a moat. destination wedding yeah. for sure. That would be. What's your favorite YouTube video? Do you like soccer? I love soccer. All right, Zinedine Zidane. Zin, Z i n e d, i n e, Zidane. Do you remember? Oh, Zidane? the headbutt. No. Oh, Zidane versus Brazil, two thousand six. It's down there. Okay. This is just a highlight compilation of him. Every time he touched the ball in this World Cup game, with English commentary. Yeah. This is my favorite YouTube video. How long is it? Like 10 four, minutes? Four, four minutes. Oh, cool. It's do a we, little do we watch this together? I don't think we should. We usually do watch them together. I thought you'd pick something shorter, but uh, we could watch um, like 30 seconds of it. I also love Norm MacDonald's final stand-up comedy set on Letterman. 
Yeah, that's great. When he starts crying. They look excited that Adriano wasn't too successful in giving, accused of being a little bit lazy. Let me tell you why I love this. Yeah. Because the commentators are so in awe of what he is doing. And they're these British guys, and they speak so well. And it's really fun to listen to. You speak not with a British accent, but you speak. Your diction is very good. That's what mine is terrible. You sound very Jewish. Right now? Just in life. Do I? No, I don't know. I just get like so. I, I I'm all over the board. I love your voice. It makes me laugh. You the, are you are somebody who makes people laugh just by talking. Oh man, that's a compliment it's and a, a, and a gift. And, thank you. It's a gift. It's the greatest thing you can have as a comedian. Thank you. You know who else is like that? Sean Patton. Yeah, Sean Patton. That guy makes me laugh just talking. That may be harsh, but bit true. Look at this from Zidane straight away. Henri said, "No, don't pass. I'm offside." It looked like he might dribble all the way to goal himself. He hasn't found Henri away by Lucio. Here is the mystical Zidane. Zidane. Listen to him, the mystical Zidane. The magical Zidane. The magical Zidane. The superlatives they come up with to describe him. You forget you're watching a soccer game. Is it beginning to play in a very composed fashion? <laughs> now you sit, now you don't. Abidal. Ronaldinho. Sports. Sports is funny because it's like you can have like a lot of a lot of homophobia in sports. Sure. But then when you describe like his beautiful leg, like yeah, when they describe a man's body, like it's it. There's nothing gayer. There. No. Like, like, oh, his his legs and his his speed, his magical cock, just flowing you in the wind. You don't usually hear the cock part, um, but it's in French. <laughs> You don't know what it is. You we spent the first half an hour of this talking podcast about talking about showering as a result of sport. Yeah, that's probably gay. Well, I think they're all By intertwined. By the way, don't make a high school kid fucking shower naked. <laughs> don't do that to him. Dude, showering Your dick in is still growing. Is worse. Your dick is still growing. Everyone's so uncomfortable with the fact that their pubic hair is growing. I tried to stave off puberty. What? Yeah. I, I, I was will, ashamed of it because I started so early. I was starting so much earlier than everyone else. And it was red. I was nervous about my armpit. I used to shave my armpits. Because of red. Because red, yeah, Well, the sure. fire crotch. So well, that's probably yeah. with something to do it with it. It's bringing back lots of horrible flashbacks to that guy, So Josh. you didn't want your pubic hair to come in because it wasn't the color you wanted? No, because I was too... I thought, I'm not ready for this yet. It was all growing in. How and old I, were you? I was in fifth grade. Oh, my God. You probably yeah. had a man cock at like... At 11. Well, I always had a big one, but I didn't have my first come until I was in seventh grade. And I remember the volume being far more than I could ever have imagined. you held on for two years. I was much later than on, on coming than a lot of my friends. Yeah, most guys try to come before the pubes even set in. Your pubes are there for two years. Oh, I was cranking my dong. I just never put in enough time to reach ejaculation. I remember the first... Do you remember the first time you ejaculated? No, but I do remember trying multiple times. I would fuck jets. That was my thing. Jets? Like jacuzzi jets. And I would do it until I couldn't come. It would burn, and then I would... I'd do another 20 minutes. There's no better feeling than putting your dick on a jet. I didn't put it in the jet. I've told this story on here, though, before. And then I would pretend to read books every night. My mom thought I was a genius, and then... 
You would fuck jacuzzi, yeah. Jess. Yeah, my family was well off. Yeah, we had a jacuzzi. Indoors. Okay. And, I, and that's what I would do. And I couldn't come, <laughs> but I would burn. It would feel great for like six seconds. And that hour was worth it. Uh-huh. Oh, did you put it. it right on the oh. urethra? That's what just, you did? No, I would like smash the side of it. And I remember I'd take my dick out and it looked like it's been through a war. <laughs> my dick every night looks like it got attacked by fucking nine wasps. Did you, Hot wasps. Have you ever had your dick stepped on by a, a dominatrix? No. but Because it say, sounds like that's something you'd be into. Probably, but I don't have the money because I just gave that so $60 have your, to no suggest one. Suggest it to your girlfriend. <laughs> say, put on some stilettos and use the needle point of the heel on my penis. That would feel nice. But you know what? I don't know. I think I need to be in water. It's funny because, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I would fuck Jets and, I, and then I would only jerk off dry. So I'm all over the board. Wait, what did you come first? When was your first come? Why was it so much come? What did you do? What did you do? <laughs> What did you do? I would need to be in water. Yeah, I'd have to have a snorkel. <laughs> what did you do? Well, I knew that all my friends were coming. and I. How knew did that you know that? Because we talked about I it. I know, yeah. And I knew that uh, I was ahead of them in puberty. So I said, okay, well, I'm, I'm behind in this. I have to figure this out. And uh, one night I just really committed to it. And I just jerked off for probably 45 minutes. Oh, my God. God. I know. I thought land? I thought it wasn't going to happen, and then I kept going. And I remember feeling like, "Oh my God, something, some difference happened." I've reached a point of no return. I've reached a point I've never been to. This is new territory. Yeah. And uh, and then I pushed through it and kept going. And then it just—I mean, it was everywhere. It was all kinds. What were you of jerking stuff. off to? Just your brain? Just brain memories. What are you thinking about? Is uh, boobs in a sports bra. That's her real name, so we should cut it. Wow, you're even a gentleman when it's in your head. Yeah, that's all you needed back then. I just were, were needed her my tits imagination. Bouncing? Was she running or did she was sitting there? Uh, we went to soccer. Was her head even on? We went to soccer, <laughs> soccer camp together, and I was throwing her a ball, and she would chest it, and her boobs would jiggle every time she chested it. And, and you I jerked off to that for forty five minutes. Commit that to memory. I did. Yeah. God, how great does it feel the first time you come? Well, I mean, it was terrifying. I thought my, my body was ex- vomiting. It was like a whole body vomit. And then, you know, I and then I started doing it more, and then I, fig- I I developed routines, and and now it's second nature. But uh, You ever try to suck your own dick? I think I did. Yeah, I could lick the tip of it. <laughs> it didn't feel very good. It hurt my my rib cage. Lower back muscles. You tried more than once? Well, there certainly wasn't any suction going on. There was just contact. Are you flexible or your dick's just that big? Or both, I guess. You're an athlete. Probably both. You know what? You were asking what the definition of an athlete is? Sucking your own cock. Ron Jeremy was like the only guy who could really do it, right? Wow, he had a big stomach. I bet you he couldn't do it. He did it. He was uh, known for it. Oh. I helped a kid try to suck his own dick. He was the first kid that down? could come. No, I pushed his legs like a, like a wishbone. And I pushed it. me and a friend. He grabbed one leg, and we were playing wishbone with my buddy. And he's like, "Come on, bro, come on! I gotta." So get this my- guy was naked and yeah. hard, hard yeah. in front of you, Seventh and you were hard. lifting yeah. his legs as if you were the stirrups at an OBGYN's yeah. office. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't gay. We were just two kids doing some work. Yeah, we did pretty gay shit too. <laughs> so we tried to push it, and he's like, "Come on!" And he got so angry, and he was like bigger. He had hair on his arms, you know. Yeah. And we were just these pubeless kids pushing legs, trying to see cum 
come in my the other kid's mouth. And I guess. at some point you have to just get a whole bunch of bungee cords. And, and we tried, but yeah, the bungee just broke too. I mean, this kid yeah had no flexibility, but he didn't get his dick in his mouth. And I'm still upset about it. I, I apologize out there. I mean, if you're listening, my bad, bro. I thought I was stronger. And uh, hopefully you found two new friends. You have to use the ground to anchor his legs, and you should be pushing from the top. We tried. We tried everything. We tried everything. That kid's in jail now. <laughs> All right. Thanks for doing this show. I really do appreciate it. We went really long. We you usually, should watch the rest of that. I will. Zidane, if you love uh, British Soccer. people talking about how hot a, a bald man's cock is, you should watch that. Yeah. Um, Thanks for having me. Of course, dude. We usually only do an hour, and we did like an hour and 40 minutes. Great. So we're going to cut about 70 minutes. Good. I and then I'm going to throw you 60 bucks that. for this. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, where can I find? Where can we find you? You can find me... Uh, Check out Oops the podcast. It's with Julio Gallerati. We talk about mistakes and fuck ups that have cost people a lot. It's great. We'll have you on. I have a lot of those. Yeah, I'm um, here. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, also at Francis CC Ellis on Instagram um, and check out FrancisEllis.com/slash shows for shows that I'm doing. God, thanks for doing this, man. Great stuff. And uh, you know, rate and review out there and do whatever you want to do. And, I will. Uh, dope lady fire everybody in puddles out there. Thanks, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was fun. That was fun. Puddles, puddles. Everybody now puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Everybody now puddles, puddles. Everybody get up because you get down. If you're getting too close, you know you're getting wet. If you're getting too close, you know you're getting wet. You're standing in deep, you're getting real wet. You ain't that deep because you're kind of shallow. Shallow in the brain and shallow in your heart. You'll never get that deep inside the water, girl. You'll never get that deep. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles, everybody now puddles, puddles. Everybody get up because you get down. No, when you're standing in the puddle, you don't know where to go because you're so deep, you don't know what to do. I don't know what to say, I don't know how wet I am because I'm so wet. That's who I am. I'm so wet, wet, I'm so wet. I'm so wet, I'm so, so, so wet. Now come on in. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, 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 everybody now puddles, puddles, everybody get up because you get down and then everyone will come over here. This episode of Puddles was recorded at Remember to be Happy Studios. Production by Becky Rodriguez and Tanner Williams. That's Human Places, The Ease of Three, and Lil Kinky 69.